0: Hey guys, Surly here, back, ready to rip in for 2022 on your full Fizz Friday. First episode back in the saddle, so excuse myself and producer Sharla if we show any signs of rust. She's effectively pre-season footy for the both of us, and championships aren't won in February, so the saying goes. But hey, hope you enjoy the first potty for the year nonetheless. She's been a heck of a summer. Few big days at the crease, she could be said. The old weather, how good some weather chat early doors. But to be fair, she's been bloody hot, bloody humid. Great weather though, for cracking open a few tins and getting stuck into a few skewy skewy moi-moys, which... I have certainly been doing this off-season. One of the great summers for steaming, it must be said. And it doesn't stop any time soon. Rolling in off the back of a stag do last weekend, into another this weekend. So definitely tis the season to be grouse. And boy, am I having the time of me life. But enough of that chat. Let's kick off the sporting banter. Because we've got a heck of a weekend of sport lined up. She's definitely the best weekend of 2022 so far and it's only fucking February so she's early doors but man does this one offer it all. NRL, UFC, Super Bowl, let's rip in. God's game, she's back, baby. After a long and pretty boring NRL off-season, it must be said, by rugby league's very high standards, the game they play in heaven is back on our screens, and fuck me, am I here for it. As I mentioned, she's been pretty uneventful off the field, which is disappointing to be fair. Normally she scandals galore and real rugby league-like behaviour, but not to be. The boys have really pulled themselves together this off-season, been on their best behaviour, which has had journalists scrambling for the latest scoops. They've been trying to dig up anything. Case in point, the Reese Walsh story this week said... He wasn't happy looking for an early release, complete shite, which is why I didn't post it. But hey, that's the world we live in, and journalists will be journalists. But now, luckily for us, time for the boys to trot back out onto the lawn and rip in from the back fence. How fucking good. And boy... Am I fizzing to hear that first whistle blowing? She kicks off Saturday night with a game that I always mark on my non-existent footy calendar, and that is the mighty mouldy all All-Stars taking on the Indigenous All-Stars, and in what is always a ripper of a clash between two proud cultures who you just know will go at it hammering tongs for the full 80 minutes of action unfortunately though a few of the usual big names they've been ruled out injury prevention and clubs really wrapping them up in cotton wool but nevertheless she still definitely bums on seats action and there should be some hissing collisions in this one which is worth tuning in for alone from the get-go i'm expecting a huge hucker from the Mouldy boys they always come out with a real hiss and a roar and really turn it on no one does a hucker better than the league blokes, and especially this Moldy All-Stars team. But unfortunately, I think on the footy side of things, the Indigenous boys might just be a little bit too strong. They got a heck of a lineup, the likes of Josh Adokar, who's skip as well, and that's Big Fizz. Big David Fafida in the mixer. Nico Hines, the bloke with the hottest hair in rugby league. He'll be tough to tackle. He's as slippery as his lid is. And then Andrew Fafida. And this is bloody good to see him on the team sheet. He was in a coma only a few months ago. There was talks he might never walk, let alone play again. And even talks that the big fella might not have pulled through. So a massive recovery from him, which is bloody good to see. And I can't wait to see him go about his work one of the great rugby league stories this year so overall probably tipping the indigenous boys but you can bet your bottom dollar blokes like big james fisher harris won't roll over so she's sure to be a fiery contest and my word any rugby league game is worth tuning in for and no doubt this will be a beauty to get the 2022 season underway also a couple Warriors lads in the mixer. Chanel harris Tavida, Cody Nikarima and Jazz Tavanga the Pitbull. They're in the mixer for the Māoris. And then of course the great mulleted man, the big Josh Curran. He's in the mixer for the Indigenous. So good to get an early look at our boys as well before the preseason games get underway up the fucking was so overall should be a doozy a great spectacle for both cultures and a great day for the nrl a real pity they didn't let blokes like latrell mitchell lace up and the cheese. Both suspended. But boy would it have been a great advocate for the game. Especially Latrell. He really is the face of the indigenous people in the NRL. They market him that way as well. So to not let the bloke play this game is a real shame. But hey the head honchos at NRL HQ have come up with some crazy decision. And you gotta roll with it. But looking forward to this. Should be a real spectacle on the night. And up the mighty Maldives. Hopefully the boys can pull off the upset and kick off the season with an absolute bang. Super Bowl Monday, she's here, the biggest day in American sport. And if you'd told me six months ago the Bengals and the Rams would be fighting it out for the chocolates, I would have told you to Ligma, respectfully. And in fact, so would have the people at the TAB, the old tea and biscuits, because pre the season kicking off, the Bengals were paying 125 to 1 at the bookies to win the comp. Unheard of stuff. But boy, if you chucked the house on that at the time, you're a fucking genius. And I tip my hat to you, you could be a rich man when the final siren sounds on Monday Arvo. Should be a heck of a game though, and the Bengals... They truly are one of the great fairy tale stories of sport over the past year. Finished dead last two seasons ago. Drafted the boy Wonder and Joe Burrows at QB from LSU. Had a slightly improved season last year before he tore his ACL. A massive injury for any quarterback. Managed to draft another LSU star and wide receiver Jamar Chase. And since adding him into the mix, this offense really has been five stars. For the Rams, they're a star-studded team on paper and one that many people had in their Super Bowl predictions in the preseason. However, they had been talked about for the past few couple seasons and had never quite been able to make it all the way to the big dance, the Catalina wine mixer as I like to call it. So there were still plenty of questions being asked around the league as to if they had what it took to get the job done on the big stage. Both teams have had a great run into the playoffs. Some impressive performances to get them here. And boy am I fizzing for this game. For the Bengals... Their key to victory will be if they can stop the five-star Rams defensive line from getting to old Joey B. If they can't contain the likes of Big Aaron Donald and Von Miller, then poor Joey B, he's in for a long night at the office, and he could be spending a lot of time horizontal for most of the game. If they can keep him vertical though, they're a heck of a chance, and I would really love to see them pull off the dub. On the other side, the Rams are pretty stacked on both sides of the football. Heck of a D as mentioned. Who doesn't love a great D? And on offense, the best wide receiver in the league with Cooper Cup. Throw old Odell Beckham in the mixer as a second option. And a great running back in Cam Akers who can cart the footy with the best of them. And they will be tough to beat. Especially at home in LA. Heck of a halftime show as well. The blokes at Big NFL have rolled out the big guns, Pepsi. They've busted out the checkbook and treated the fans to what is almost a mini up and smoke tour at halftime. Snoop Dogg, Eminem, Dr. Dre, Kendrick Lamar. Heck, they've even thrown in old Mary J. Blige in the mixer as well. Massive fizz there. Ten thousand US dollars. That's the cheapest the ticket is going for in the market currently. She'll be an A-list celebrity heaven, no doubt, but really looking forward to ripping into this spectacle from the comfort of me couch. She's also a bloody fun day on the punt too, for, so for all those who like to have a dabble on some of the Super Bowl options, they bust out some real obscure ones, like how many planes will fly over the stadium during the national anthem, what colour the Gatorade shower will be for the winning coach. And will Snoop Dogg light up a doozy during his performance? Which I must say, paying $4, massive overs, especially because the game's in California where the old gunja, she's legal, she's play on. So you can bet your bottom dollar I'll be chucking a lazy 20 on Uncle Snoop to light up some Tapuki thunder during his performance, especially if he busts out next episode. How could you not, really? The song does say, smoke weed every day. So, do your thing, Uncle Snoop, and hopefully you'll deliver the goods for your old mates early. But back to the game, should be a heck of a clash. I'll be rooting for the Bengals. What a fairy tale story that could be if they could pull it off. Really is a great example of the old tale heart says Bengals, head says Rams, though. And if you gave me a house to chuck on the game I'd be putting it on the Rams who clearly are the favourites but can't wait nonetheless and fingers crossed for an upset. Won't be mad if the Rams get it done. It'd be cool to see old Odell get a ring and they really do deserve it as a team. So big fizzle around a real win-win situation but up the Super Bowl and up the halftime show. Can't wait to dust off the do-rag and get stuck into that one. How good's a Monday and how good's a cold one on a Monday ARVO. Nothing fucking better than a mad Monday. Last but certainly not least for today, UFC 271, the card of doom, as I like to call it. Heck of a lineup of kick punch action takes place live sunday arvo houston texas you're gonna wanna tune in early doors right from the opening kickoff because she's a stacked card from woe to go kicks off in the prelims with blood diamond a young fighter out of the ckb squad representing nz heard massive things about him and by the look of his highlights has a massive future and there's a huge potential star for Dana White and for NZ MMA. Looks to be the complete package and I can't wait to see him do his thing in his UFC debit boat. No doubt he'll be looking to make a statement as well. Then not long after that, another Kiwi lad in the mixer, old Carlos Oldberg. He's stepping back into the octagon looking to make revenge for his debut loss and I've no doubt in my mind he will right that wrongs backing him to come away with a famous victory. Also pretty easy bloke on the eye to be fair absolutely peeled within an inch of his life so he might be a good fight for the female kick punch fans to tune in for as well. Then in the main events we have two hissing scraps and I'm really looking forward to both. The first being the co-main event featuring Big Bam Bam, Taitui Vasa, the man from the area, Western Sydney in the house, and he's taking on an absolute beast of a bloke and Big Derek Lewis and what is sure to be a heck of a heavyweight clash. Two blokes who don't mess around, they have some of the heaviest hands in the UFC, and you just know both are going to come out all guns blazing and look to knock the blocks off each other's heads. Struth, this could be an absolute doozy. Wouldn't surprise me if we have the old simultaneous knockout in this one. Both land a big blow at the same time. That would be out the gate, but really crossing my fingers. For a big W from Bam Bam, would love to see a couple more shoeies in the cage. Not so sure about the whole getting randoms to spit in your shoe pre-drinking the thing. But hey, mad dogs do mad things, and I'll get around it. Also noted at the press conference, he said he'll do a cuppy and drink out of Derek Lewis's ball sack protector if he comes away with the dub. So no doubt a big shift from Bam Bam in and out of the octagon. And then of course the main event, the one you all tune in for, New Zealand's own, the middleweight champ, Mr. Stylebender, Israel Sonya taking on the Mozzie Robert Whittaker, who unfortunately he's not from the famous chocolate bar producing family of the same last name. But hey, still a great fighter, and this should be a heck of a rematch for the middleweight title. And of course, as he got the dub in the first clash, so no doubt Rob will be looking to come out and make a statement. And I've no doubt he'll be a much improved fighter this time around. Seems like he has a lot to prove. And not a lot to lose to be fair coming in as the underdog but for me this ends only the one way and that is Izzy standing in the middle of the octagon, Joe Rogan by his sides, hands raised, Dana White putting the belt on him. Happy fucking days. There's a lot of chat that this could be the fight where Izzy comes undone. A few people think he's getting a little far ahead of himself and look To be fair, that could be a small possibility. Rob, heck of a fighter, cannot be underrated. But I've no doubt in my mind Izzy and his camp are not doing so. They're taking him as a serious threat. And to me, Izzy just seems like the most complete fighter in the middleweight division at the moment. Every time he steps into the octagon, he's shown us a little something different. And it truly does seem like he's added a lot more aspects to his elite level striking as well. He's a well-rounded fighter now. So fingers crossed this one goes to plan. And Izzy can walk out of Texas still the middleweight champ. Always love watching him fight. Always a real spectacle. And no doubt this will be no different. Look Izzy's a polarising character and love him or hate him. And I don't get why you'd hate him. The man's doing massive things for NZ MMA and NZ Sport in general on one of the world's biggest stages but he's got a few haters nevertheless in my books he's always worth tuning in for i have no doubt on sunday this fight will be no different and i personally love the bloke so hopefully he can pull off a big dub so a huge day of mma on sunday strap in and enjoy should be an absolute rip snorter and i can't wait to park up on the couch bounced out as fuck from the staggy, and rip into some kick-punch action. Get up the CKB, lads. Do NZ proud, and let's hope Izzy leaves America still the undisputed middleweight champion of the world. Go get him, champ. Right, Magic multi-time. Looking to really set the tone for 2022. She's going to be a profitable year for Silly Talk Sports. Faithful at the bookies. And this is how we get her underway. Gone mainly with the UFC and NFL in this one as it only seems right. So I've gone all Blood Diamond via KO. And Carlos Olberg also via KO. Expecting the two young bucks to get it done in emphatic style there. Then I've gone Izzy Head to head with the win. He's proven he can go the distance. He's also got that knockout power. And he could get it done by submission as well. But I'm back in the head to head, the safer option there. And then the final leg Tyler Higby, anytime touchdown. He's the tight end for the Rams. They love going to tight ends and Super Bowls, often on those short routes into the end zone. So I like him paying $3.25 as well. Some real value there to boost up the odds. $10 on that. Nothing crazy. 273 are the best. But hey, worth a shout nonetheless to kick her off. If you're wanting more, if you're wanting to really chase that big return and have a go on a couple ponies, got a few little two bonus tips for you. Increase the odds. First would be old Probabil, racing at Caulfield, race nine. Two dollars on the nose for the win, should be too good for the field. And then the second one, the mighty Melbourne Cup winner, the one that delivered the dough for thousands of Kiwis on racing's biggest day. Always will have a spe- special place in my heart because of that. Very elegant, back in the mixer, at Randwick, race eight, paying $5. Too good to pass up and fucking good value there. Could be worth having a lick on those two. So if you're chucking them in your magic multi, then go well and get up. 2022 is a year we do the number on the bookies. Right, Q&A time and shit, they've flooded in to be fair. can tell you roosters have been sitting on these for a while over your summer. They've really been grinding your gears. So good to let you get them off your chest and more than happy to answer them. The first one comes through from Flynn Johnston and he says, What player should we keep an eye out for in Super Rugby? 2022 and look bloody good question there Flynn exciting stuff we're about a week off now from kickoff so huge fizz there in terms of players to look out for shit Fakatava back in the mixer for the Landers that's exciting for me had a heck of a debut season at super rugby level people were talking about him possible All Blacks bolter before unfortunately disaster struck the old ACL brought his year to a close but he's back in the mixer this season and hopefully still playing at that same level brings a lot of excitement to this lander's attack he's a ball of energy and aggression hissing lid as well which is still there and that is great to see a key element to his game so excited to see if Fakatawa can reach the heights he did a couple years ago and his combo with Aaron Smith really will be key for the lander's Then Ruben Love. He's another one that stands out for me. A young, talented bloke with huge raps on him. Played some pretty good code in the old MPC as well. Looks like he might be the 10 for the Canes. So that's a big job for him. Playing outside TJ Perenado though. And he'll have Geordie Barrett surrounding him. So he's got plenty of good bodies to help guide him across the park. But he's one to look out for. Massive raps. And looks to have all the pieces to be a star. For the Blues... Zahn Sullivan I'm excited to see what he does this season liked what I saw at the back end of last year although unsure what they're going to do in the 15 jersey they might go old Steven please add Fedder because boy did he tear up the NPC for the knacky but if Zahn gets the nod excited to see how he goes and then of course RTS has to be one to look out for the pure hype and excitement around him has to put him in this list I just hope he does his core roles well, learns what they are, does the basics well, and that transition can be quite smooth for the bloke. There'll be a lot of expectation on him, but I think the weekend just showed it's going to take a couple games to get up to speed. He had a decent shift, nothing groundbreaking, didn't exactly get mega opportunities though, but I think towards the back end of the season, the real Rod will start to show once he comes to grips with everything and no doubt it'll be razzle dazzle galore, that combo, Bodie Barrett, RTS, Rico, Caleb Clark, holy fuck, I cannot wait, so cheers for your question there Flynn, an absolute doozy, the second one comes through from at the Drew Signal, and he says, who takes it out between the Chiefs and the Landers, and look, Great question round one as I mentioned seven days away today and on the Saturday the Chiefs they kick off their season against the mighty landers. Really do like the Chiefs squad this year. Plenty of mana. They get Brody Ritalic back in the mixer as well. A key loss though, Damian McKenzie, he's gone. But Josh Iwani, a more than capable replacement. Won't quite bring the flair and razz that old D-Mac does. He is a one-of-a-kind footballer. But Josh Iwani still has plenty of great footy in him. And replacing an all-black with a fringe all-black, that's a pretty good outcome. Sean Stevenson expecting a huge season from him to Call me bias. But fuck, dot him down for a couple meat pies in this clash and dot the Chiefs mana down for a win I think the Landers you can never underestimate them they'll always be tough as mentioned Smith-Fakatava combo that's exciting and no doubt they'll never roll over that four pack never has the biggest names but they always take it to everyone and always capable of an upset but overall I think the Chiefs will be too strong back them 1-12 to expecting a big year from them and I think playoffs will be in their future for sure so go well Drew Hopefully rip into a couple white Tech decks this weekend. Your next one comes through from one of the greats. Long time listener Zane Broom. What a legend this bloke is. And he says how likely do you think it is RTS will be top try scorer on a scale of one to chocky milk. And look great question and expectations are high for Rog. To be honest I'd probably give her a six or a seven it's gonna take him a little while to adjust and he's got some bloody good attacking threats outside him could see him breaking the line a lot though using that footwork early doors to absolutely mesmerize opposition's frontline d then he'll break through draw and past the fullback rico Yoani should be scoring meat pies galore so keep an eye out on that one one i do think he'll win the chalky milk award for though his best baby cows in super rugby those calves, they dominated the NRL and I can't see anything changing there. Some nice blue socks around them should really bring out their depth and shape. And boy, am I excited to see Roger in the blues colours. Gutted, he left the Wars, but this was the next best option and can't wait to see those baby cows leaving defenders for dead. Huge fucking fizz. Right, on to the next one. We're on an absolute roll here. Comes through from old Jack Skinner. He says, Is Brad Thorne the most superior cross-code league-to-union player we have ever seen? And shit, that's a bloody great shout, to be fair. Heck of a player, and he probably is tough old bastard, started his career at the Broncos where he ended up playing for them for 10 years across the two stints, won numerous premierships with them, won state of origins, won test for the Kangaroos, born in New Zealand, came to the Crusaders, won super rugby titles, represented the All Blacks, won a World Cup. Now, the coach of the Queensland Reds. So life after footy going pretty well for him as well. So shit, be pretty tough to go past old Brad Thorne. What an enforcer he was in the All Blacks second row. And boy, we could do with a player like him right now. Those Northern Hemisphere packs they would be terrified of a Bradley Thorne. So that's a great shout. A close second for me, and I'm pretty biased here. Massive Sonny Bill fan, but you have to chuck him in the mixer. He went through both codes with ease. Teenage superstar in rugby league. Went over to France, controversially it must be said, to play footy, but from there on made every poster, winner. Super rugby champion, World Cup winner, won an NRL he's done everything, and then he's boxing, shit he's done it all, fucking good looking as well, managed to rip his shirt on the world's biggest stage and show off his rig, the bloke is the full package, also you talk to everyone across both codes, you ask them who the greatest trainer or teammate they've ever played with, they all say Sonny Bill, there's something about him where he just brings out the best in everyone, sets massively high standards, and to hear All Blacks saying that he was the first one at training, last one to leave, and really did raise the level. That is a massive fucking compliment, so you got to chuck Sonny Bill in there in a close second. And then third, that will be close, Israel Falau, what a talented footballer. His off-field has been the undoing of him, but in a talented footballer across both codes. And old Lottie Takeri, He's underestimated as well, played 67 tests for the Wallabies, scoring 30 tries, a decent strike rate, played 167 games of NRL as well, so bloody good fizz, and you gotta chuck old Lottie to carry in the mixer, but overall, you'd have to go Big Bradley Thorne, best ever, follow closely by SB Dub, hissing question, really did get me thinking there, bloody good to hear from you Jack mate, enjoy your weekend. Huge fucking fizz. The next one comes through from Northcote's Conor McGregor, old Alan Benny, the Irish import, and he says, six nations. Who's gonna win it? Ireland Grand Slam. And look, clearly a bit of bias there from old eggs Benny in this question, but I do rate Ireland's chances. For me, it's between them and the French. Love seeing Scotland get up on the weekend. That was fucking good. Ireland. They had a dominant win but Wales without quite a few key cogs to their team. So don't write them off yet although results would have to go their way now. And then the French they really did dominate Italy and you'd have to think they'll save their best for the big occasions. That's the type of team the French are. So I think the winner of that France Island clash other results pending should bring it home. That'll be a heck of a game. Excited to see them go out at it. The French... You just never fucking know, An island really riding a wave, playing some great, entertaining footy, so should be good to see. Hope you're well, old eggs, Benny, and no doubt see you soon, back in maroon and gold. Your next one comes through from a fellow Fenua Pai, and which is always big for his old Logan Morrow, and he says, who's taking out the 2022 NRL Premiership and why? is it the Warriors and look great question and you've mentioned it there of course massive one eyed was supporter but hey in all seriousness genuinely think we have the squad to definitely easily piss it into the top eight and hopefully push for a top four spot Sean Johnson a massive addition he's going to bring the calm and the razzle to our games get us some repeat sets huge kicking game Massive pass assist. Wingers and centres should be scoring meat pies galore. Excited to see him combo up with young Reese Walsh as well. Other teams to look out for. Without going into too much detail. There'll be a lot of NRL chat coming up in the next few weeks. But I like the look of the Roosters of course. Luke Carey back in the mixer. If they can stay healthy. That is a bloody dangerous squad. The Melbourne Storm... Write them off at your own peril. Lots of players seem to be leaving at the moment, but that, of of course, is for next year, and they're still going to have a heck of a team this year, so they will well and truly be in the mixer. The Panthers... They'll be looking to go back to back and they'll be in the fight. Still a great squad. Lost a couple boys. Old Matty Burden. That's a big one for them. But they've still got a heck of a team. And next man up mentality. These kids from Penrith. They've got the swagger and the confidence to pull it off. And then of course us. I think that'll be our top four sides. So bloody excited for this upcoming season. Huge expectations for the boys. Can't wait to see them rip in. They got their first preseason game next week although it won't be our top side be bloody good to see a couple of these blokes trot out there with that warriors emblem on their tits i so hope you're well logan hope you're enjoying the new neighborhood mate and welcome enjoy your weekend massive usc fan so no doubt you'll be absolutely getting stuck in on sunday right your next question it comes through from the best hasler which is a massive compliment because it's a heck of a family. Old Sam Hasler, Pluto, shit. Although I do retract that. Old Matty Hasler, he's a weapon as well, so he's got to be in the mixer. But old Sammy says, where does Slater, winning pipe at 50 years old, rank in your all-time sporting performances? And look, that's got to be right up there. A lot of people, they roll their eyes. They say it's just surfing. They purely don't understand What a talent, what a freak this bloke is and how much of a toll a sport like that can take on your body and how hard it is to perform consistently in a sport like that as well. So Kelly, one of the real greats, 50 years old, wins it again some 30 years later fucking phenomenal rumors he did say that that might be the end of him go out on a high but you never know the bloke is one of the all-time greats in the sporting world up there with your Tom Brady's your Michael Jordans your Tiger Woods in terms of elite athletes to be able to perform under all circumstances so Kelly Slater massive shift from him really did Bring a little tear to the eye to see how fizzed he was as well. You could tell it meant a lot to him, which was fucking huge fizz. So go well, Kelly, one of the greats, and hope you're well, Sam Pluto, mate. Enjoy your Friday, and no doubt hear from you again soon. Right, your second to last question, she comes through from one of the coke greats, the big man, old Connor O'Leary. If there's a long white available, he'll be deleting it boy does the bloke love getting in the mixer and he says thoughts on the new pfc pillow fighting championship and look this has popped up on my instagram a couple times and shit she's an interesting concept to say the least i've just logged on to their website the pfc pillow fighting championships you can watch the fights they call them PSC pound downs which is huge fizz when you break it down just two blokes swinging pillows at each other but look bloody interesting stuff to be fair is it a sport is it a hobby not quite sure but one thing that it could really do is rid the world of shit pillows and there's nothing fucking worse than a shit pillow you rock up at a hotel or you kick on at a mate's place end up crashing there shit pillow Way too much fluff in the mixer. Really does throw you off. Horrible sleep. Wake up. Fuck neck. Your back's out of position. Nothing worse. So I vote that we send all the shit pillows over to the PFC. They reimburse us with beautiful ones full of down feathers and silk pillowcases, as you can tell I'm quite passionate about this, and then we rid the world of shit pillows, and these blokes and lasses can absolutely flog each other with the shit ones in the old PFC pound down, so a great question there Connor, excited to see how the sport develops, looks to be one for all sorts of body shapes as well, which is huge fizz, and I see they're pushing a kids league, which could be the way of the future to be fair, What kid doesn't love whacking their mate across the chops when they're not expecting it with the old pillow? So shit, one to watch for sure. I'll bet on anything, so if it's up at the old tea and biscuits, I'll chuck myself in the mix. Great question, mate, and hope to see you again soon. And your final question, shit, she was a marathon today, but huge fizz for this one, and it comes through from Ash Johnston, and she says, how high are the fizz levels? For this weekend. And of course if you didn't know. As I mentioned earlier. Going to a staggy. Josh Cook and the great Ash Johnston—they're getting married in a couple weeks' time. Nest stag and hens do tomorrow. Massive shift. Hopefully the weather plays ball and we can absolutely rip and tear in amongst the sun and humidity. If she's as hot as it has been lately, be a fucking bad day to be a summit. I'll tell you that much. But boy, anticipation levels are high. Can't go into too much detail, but she's gonna be a bloody doozy of a day for stag and hen alike. And can't wait to rip in so big fizz and go well tomorrow ash right that's all we have time for this week quick shout out as well must go to old zoe sadowski senate and the team going well at the winter olympics huge fizz to see her get the dub and huge fizz to see her dad and family absolutely ripping and tearing on the live crosses at the old pub looked like they'd sawn off a few vessels, massive to see, dad dropping a couple F-bombs, you gotta fucking love it. But that was all for this week, hope you enjoyed the first episode back, if not, huge up yours from me, enjoy the weekend of sport, the Catalina wine mixer, sure to be a fucking beauty, go well, see you next Friday, that was Surly Talk Sports, how good.